You're tuned in to the biggest balls of them all. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast. We got sports and comedy for that ass. You about to go downtown, bitch, on the only podcast that sports platinum and brunette chicks. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast, you dig? Welcome to the Playing with Balls podcast. I am your host, Shannon Lee, and I've got brother T on the phone. Hello, Tyler. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I am uh, happy to talk to you. I would say um, it's not like I haven't talked to you, even though we haven't podcasted. But right. um, yes, so ex- so we haven't podcasted um, because I have been having technical difficulties um, and I finally figured them out. So we would have done some sooner. We tried to do some sooner during the regular season, just in case people were wondering, like, what the hell we're doing. Um, so we're back and Tyler, are you drilling a table? Like what's that noise? <laughs> Sounds... was that was my chair. Uh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> uh, what did you have for breakfast? We were just talking about your dairy issues before we got yeah, on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm making a table also while eating dairy. Sounds like it. Sounds very right, suspicious. Right. Um, I, uh, I also, so you've been, you were just saying you've been doing the intermittent fasting. Yeah. I'm That's what it's called. It's been what now a week and a half i've done it before um i think it works pretty well so i'm, I'm like i'm doing it in like stages of like doing it for a month and then taking it off and then doing it again so we'll, we'll see if i can stick with it um how like did you lose a lot of weight the last time you did it because i just started it uh, the first time i did yeah I, i'm not really trying to lose weight i'm more trying to work out and kind of burn fat and gain muscle that's yeah it's a good goal. goal that's a good goal i just got back from bar and not the bar but bar like B-A-R. B-A- like no bar b-a-r-r-e people keep thinking uh, i'm saying the- yeah i've gotcha. been do i've been working out like a crazy person to try yeah. to get my summer bod well i just started intermittent fasting last week but i found that it's like hard because well it's not it wasn't hard actually but i'm still learning how to do it because you can change your hours every day like you can just ba- make basically make your eight hour period where you can start eating like yeah. when you wake up if you want i guess in, unless I guess you're so. still fasting I, I try to keep it the same but just so it makes more sense to me i don't know uh i think what i've read is to keep it the same for a little bit and then you know once you plateau you can change it like i see. okay a certain weight or you got to your like goal and then try to change it but i mean everybody does it differently so well like so many different ways to do it people keep telling me it's so easy because i have like four or five friends that have uh, that have been doing it and they've all like lo- like lost tons of weight and they're like oh you can set your hours like every day that you want blah 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 but then when I did that when I was inconsistent with my hours um, I didn't eat one day for like 20 hours and I'm like how does this make any sense yeah, because you know I, that's why I don't I don't get it is because <laughs> I guess the next day would be completely different hours and it would be longer without eating or shorter but then it would happen again so I don't know how that works yeah so like I'm doing intermittent fasting but it's really just called not eating ever yeah <laughs> So like you almost make it that you don't eat for 20 hours. I don't know. If yeah, I'm do that. it's weird. Well, with the hours that I keep with like comedy and stuff, I try to yeah. like it's hard because I'll try to like last night I had a show and I just like wasn't hungry because I before I had to leave because I just, I eat dinner late. Right. So then I was hungry after and then I'm thinking, OK, well, if I started fasting based on this schedule, I wouldn't be able to like eat today because 16 right. hours after one in the morning is like See, I, I don't know the hardest for me right now is trying to not eat at nighttime bed um, snacks after like i feel like i eat all day 
uh, up to like eight. I do it till eight o'clock, so I do twelve to eight. So when I hit eight, around like ten or eleven, I start getting really hungry, and if I don't go to bed right away, and it gets worse, kind of thing. So I know yeah. that's been like the worst because waking up for me, I'm not really a morning eater anyway, so I can like last a couple hours before that time. But at night time is where it's getting me so far. Twelve to eight is a good window. I should adopt yeah, that. I like that one. Yeah, so I yeah I like bed snacks, and I think is that yeah. where you're yeah that's the issue because I also get hungry before I go to bed too, and I'm also I'm also starving in the morning, so like I'm trying to like space it anyway. I've only I've only done it for two days, so I haven't lost any weight yet. But it's definitely because your body has to get used to it too. So I noticed like the first couple of weeks is really tough. You kind of get a little bit used to it after that, though. Is it, do you th- is this like a new? F- like fad or has this been going on forever because i feel like everybody yeah. i know is doing intermittent fasting and like yeah, nobody was doing this a, but nobody was doing this in like the past everything seemed oh because also in theory if you get it if you get it down right and your body starts right. to adjust to it then it becomes like easy and it's like the well, easiest thing i've ever heard it. of I was doing it during wrestling without even noticing it, though, honestly. So, I mean, they ever say, like, teens do it without even noticing that they sleep 12 hours a day. You're actually fasting because you're sleeping 12 hours a day um, and kind of going into the window of eating. So that's why we were so skinny when we were younger, apparently. We Were we sleeping 12 hours a day? I mean, I... A night, you I mean? I was, yeah. I, I don't think I ever slept that much. That sounds know, like a lot. A Especially going out, and I would sleep 14 hours sometimes, maybe. Oh, my God. How indulgent <laughs> of you. <laughs> well, I guess you were a wrestler, so you, like, were malnourished, so you probably needed it or something. Yeah, I was probably physically exhausted from that, though. Yeah, so I, was I wasn't – uh, yeah, I think I only got, like, eight, seven or eight hours, just like I do now, but – um, yeah, whatever, but I'm glad to, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's like a good, I'm going to start doing it again soon, but then I'm just like, it's hard to manage because then I'm traveling this week for comedy. Yeah. I'll be in San Diego for shows and then I, and then it's the weekend and the weekend you get all screwed up. Well, it's tough. And especially when you're busy, I noticed that too. It's like, it's, it's hard to manage. Like Carly can't do it because when she's at work, like she has, she can't have time to like sit down and eat because she's running around so much. So she'll go past the times a bunch of times. So like, you know, once that happens, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Well, she's a nurse, so she works weird hours. Carly is Tyler's uh, girlfriend, just in case we've never brought that up. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I know, but I, I, I think it's, um, it's something that I'm seeing everybody do. So I'm going to start it again. Do you do it on the weekends? Uh, or do you skip? I, I have. I did it this weekend. Last weekend, I think I was a little like off because apparently with drinking alcohol too, you're not supposed to drink alcohol like at at the fasting period. So it's supposed to be in that time period. Yeah. And, I mean, twelve to eight. I'm not drinking. I'm not stopping at eight. See, so. I first I first started th- I first started um, doing the intermittent fasting like a while ago because I thought for some reason. My friend, Tommy, you know, Tommy, he's been on the podcast for he was doing intermittent fasting. He's lost a ton of weight. And he told me on my birthday when we were drunk, I was like, yeah, but can you still drink alcohol? He's like, yeah, I'm on it right now. And he was like, he was like pouring red wine in his on his face down his throat. But I think he was just drunk. So I had this idea in my mind from a drunk person that because all I need, all you need is when you don't want to like face the truth is like one person to tell you a lie. And then you're like, okay, I'll believe that person. So I started doing it and drinking, and it, everyone's like, you're an idiot. That's why it's called fasting. <laughs> yeah, right. 
I mean, you could drink apparently, but it's only in the time you're actually like allowed to eat. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. But no, but nobody does that. So like on the weekends, technically, I'll do a cheat day and do that. But like eating wise, I haven't done any really cheat day. I've been keeping it like in that time period. Mm-hmm. But like for v- Valentine's Day, we did we went to a place that had like a fixed menu. So. And it, it was, like, pastas and, like, you know, different types of bread with the meals and stuff oh, like that. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. Like I, couldn't, I couldn't really do it then, so that was technically another cheat day. I mean, so yeah. Been, I've been doing it, but for the most part, I've been kind of going with it, but then not at the same time, so. Well, I like your style, you know? Get yeah. get your cheat day on. I mean, I'm all about that yeah, because I'm not exactly. even – apparently I wasn't even doing it right, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of um, drinking, though, I feel like we drank a lot when we went to uh, – the national championship this year. Yes, yes. So yes, Ty, so we just to recap for anyone listening. Hopefully, I still have fans and we still have people listening because I've been, <laughs> I haven't done the podcast in like three million years. But uh, we went to the national championship uh, at Levi Stadium in San Francisco. It was super last minute, and Tyler decided to fly. You've decided to fly in from Philly, and I drove up uh, five hours from LA and the Niner Stadium. And we went and watched Clemson beat the shit out of Alabama. So that was really cool. You know, you know what's really weird? Since then, I've had a couple dreams about Nick Saban. Like, really? he's like a sad man in my dreams. <laughs> we'll see. Like, at least at the end of the game, I mean, just seeing their fan, fan bases, like how they reacted towards it, I can, I can just imagine how he feels to that loss. I mean, they that like stopped a dynasty you know like that game right there stopped a dynasty and now when I tell people it's so funny because you know when I went to Clemson our football team you know was like oh was like good for the ACC that those were like the Tommy Bowden years not to date myself but but like and even when Dabo came on like we still weren't like legit uh like a national championship contender until like three years ago uh and you know so it's yeah, like funny no. how like now when I tell people I went to Clemson versus like the, oh, the whole rest of my adult life, people used to be like, oh, what's that? And now everyone's like, oh, shit, for real. And it's like kind of cool, you know? I agree, because even when we, like, I still remember when I became a fan, Woody Dancer was a quarterback, and, you know, nobody even remembers who Woody Dancer is. No. Uh, but we were ranked fourth in the nation at the time, and nobody really cared since then till now. Like, yeah, I would always say I'm a Clemson fan, but only, like, my close friend who, like, really paid attention to college football actually, like, he even cared. He was like, oh, well, yeah, where's Clemson at? Is that in, like, the Carolinas? Is, I, I don't even know where that's at. Now everybody's like, oh, my God, Clemson's awesome. Look at their wide receiver you, blah, blah, blah. So Well, because traditionally, yeah, traditionally the ACC has been no, well-known for basketball, and we've never been – a you know we've done a little bit in like March Madness but never Clemson's never been known for that and and like we've never been taken seriously but not it's not just been like a Clemson thing ACC teams in general really haven't been taken seriously even after Florida State won that one year they still didn't take ACC seriously as like a football contender and I feel like there's probably I don't I don't really understand how like the college football system works when it comes to like choosing like bowl games and shit but i feel like that probably was like a thing in the past where we weren't considered for like higher bowl games right is that a yeah, thing i mean the whole thing is that sec rules all with their conference so not like, anymore ACC, yeah i know well if, as a conference they do but like as you know us being the top team in football definitely helps the acc a lot and the florida state thing they're the problem is the rest of the team still aren't doing well but clemson's at least being at the top now that that makes us a dominant and it keeps acc definitely one of the top 
like top four conferences, but SEC at the moment always will still be kind of up there. Yeah. But you I see, I, mean? I see where no, I see what you're saying, and I think because Clemson um, had such a they you know quote unquote easy division this year because the rest of the ACC is relatively weak in football, particularly this past season. Right. It was like really questionable, like how the game was going to go. But I that's why I was so I think that's why we were also shocked that they beat the shit out of Alabama the way they did because you know you're coming from two different sort of varying levels of competition during the regular right. season, you know? Yeah, my perspective on it, I kind of try to base this off of the Deshaun Watson years. Um, I felt like this team was the best team we've ever had, even saying like Deshaun Watson, just because of the whole round of their, or how good the defense has played and been, and like all the, you know, all the guys that are going to go like literally in the first round of the draft this year, I thought as a whole, as a team, this is the best team we ever had. Now, I didn't think we were going to win the way we did. I thought it would be a close game just because it's Alabama and nobody can beat Alabama like that. Like, I, I haven't seen Alabama lose a game like that since I can remember, at least since they were dominant. So it was a, a total shock to me. Yeah, I mean, I, we were all completely shocked. And I think that – I mean, I think Nick Saban was completely shocked because Alabama just does not get blown out like that. But one thing that I do have to say as a shit-talking, like, Philly fan, because it's in our blood, that now maybe Alabama can quiet the fuck down because they were a little high on themselves for, t- for too many years. Like, those guys are jerks. Yeah, sorry, I I, sorry, Game – or so. not Gamecocks. Uh, I don't think it's going to do it. I, I really think they're still going to act the same roll tide. they lose again like that. So if, if Clemson continuously beats them like that, too, if they keep playing each other or they slip somehow, they're still going to act that cockiness, but they can't do it. The only team they can't do it towards is us now. Even though they beat us twice and we beat them twice, we beat them twice in the national championship now. So that's a little bit different. Yeah. You know, we're 2-1 against them in the national championship game, which is, you know, we have the bragging rights, definitely. Somebody finally has the bragging rights on them. But, again, they've won a lot of, you know, national championship games still to this point. So yeah. they still have – like overall basis of bragging, but you know, they need to, I'm hoping we can just like diminish them over the years. Yeah. But you have to think no matter what happens in the future. And I obviously think that Clemson, they have built like a great system there and Dabo Sweeney has, and I think that we will beat them again in the future, but, but you gotta, you gotta agree with this. No matter what happens in the future, that, that, that loss will haunt Nick Saban just for the fact that it even exists in history now. Like, it's oh, for it's sure. there for sure. forever. And so that, to me, is gratifying enough no matter what happens in the future. Anytime, anytime he can be beaten like that, I don't care if it was us or not. It's just like a, it's, it's a happy day for me. Yeah, I, just can't, I can't stand him always winning. It's just like it's like anything. It's like the Patriots too. I can't stand that they always win. Well, they like, call I, him the Bill Belichick of college football. So much is. so I give both of them get on my nerves respect, equally. Respect, but I, I it's just I can't. It's just so annoying to watch year after year that these teams just win. It's just so annoying. Yeah, I think Nick Saban's kind of a psychopath, so I'm not really, like, given, you know, so what? He's he, like... He has an attitude. He definitely has an issue. I mean, if you see him in any press conference, like, one question that, like, kind of he doesn't like, he just goes off on. He just has a short temper. Yeah. And it's just annoying. It's just like, you know, I understand, especially in the media with some of the questions they're asked, but, like, the way he always goes off, it's just like, all right, dude, like, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to ask you the question, like, you don't have to be an asshole every single time. And he actually apologized because he did it to one uh, reporter, I, I think, after one of the games, just went off on her. And he apologized because it was so uncalled for. You know, it's just yeah. the way he is. 
Well, guess what? He's a sad, sad man in my dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I bet he's crying himself to sleep right now. Yo, did you hear, side note, I mean, I'm, pro- I'm sure you probably heard about this, how fucking President Trump had the Clemson Tigers to the White House and fed them uh, fast yeah. food. Isn't that, isn't that like the most demeaning <laughs> shit? After, especially I, after that win, they, he gave him like Big Macs and stuff, and he blamed he blamed the government shutdown because like he was like, we don't have any money, so I'm gonna pay for this out of my pocket, and I'm gonna buy him Big Macs. I, at this point, though, I'm not surprised with him. Just what he does in general, it's just it's it's over the top at this point. I feel like it, most of it's just for him to get more publicity. So good stupid. I don't know. It's, su- just, it's such I, an insult. I was like, I can't believe ridiculous. they even, well, I mean, I'm sure they didn't know that going into it or cause I, I like how the Eagles just straight up didn't fucking go when they were invited. Cause it's not, yeah. you yeah, know, like they, they, he told them that, Oh, you're not invited now. It was because nobody was going to go anyway. Yeah. Like, there was literally like 10 people on the team going. It's like, of, it's like 53 man roster. It's like the, the douchebag of in like high school who invites everybody to his like rich mansion, but he's a douchebag and everyone hates him. And then he finds out nobody's going to go because he's a douchebag and then he's like whatever my party's off because i don't like anybody and you guys suck you guys aren't cool enough anyway yeah i mean we it's we can see through it you idiot like you he just whatever i mean i don't even want to get into all that but i just thought that that was like pretty fucked up and then i did see that michael strahan was like made this public announcement yeah he he was like he invited them all to like new york to like have a lobster dinner and like (laughs) i don't know if they actually like went but i don't know yeah, but other but people were like speaking out against it. Like, I mean, come on, especially when you're President Trump, you can afford more than a fucking Big Mac, you know. So yeah, whatever. Payroll definitely. Oh, well, he he did um, file for bankruptcy a bunch of times. So I don't know if he does have money. Does. Well, no, that's that's part of that's part. <laughs> no, that's part of his like anti Warren Buffett uh, scheming way of making money. It's it's all it, it's not because he's poor. Trust me. Oh, let's just start over. You know, yeah. No, yeah. No, he's got he's got some pretty shady business practices. So. Uh, no. But that's I a whole nother podcast for a whole nother <laughs> a whole nother day. But day, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. So I, w- I ha- do have to say that um, we were pre- we were riding high, though, when we were at that game, because that was also right the day after um, the Eagles beat Chicago and Parky missed that. Oh, so we yes. were kind of like that was a good fucking day. <laughs> just a great weekend for me even though i flew out to the game that day for the national championship game literally got there what a couple hours before the game even started yeah we were cutting it close because uh because what i think it was because we're so stupid well not i mean we're not so stupid but you were saying like oh the game's at 8 p.m and i was like i just didn't question it I just right. didn't, so we booked your flight based on the flight, based on the um, game time being at 8 p.m. And I should know better because we don't have 8 p.m. games here because they're at 5 p.m. Time change. Eastern time, yeah. And I'm like, I'm thinking that, and then I realize, like, because I always see it, like when they have time changes, we don't get your times on there at all. So it always just says 8 p.m. or and it's 5 p.m. Obviously with you guys, um, it, where somewhere like randomly I saw it, it's like no five. 5 p.m. Um, your time, and I'm like, oh shit, I messed it up. So I would have almost flown in. Um, I know. I'm really glad that we didn't. But I put my foot down and was like, you cannot get in any later than like one or two. Yeah. But also, we still managed to get pretty drunk. So I mean, maybe it's for yeah, the best. Exactly. The one thing that we did miss that I did see later, I don't think I told you this, was um, I did see like eight of my guy friends from college. They had a tailgate. 
Yeah, and then I because remember I was trying to get in touch with people, but it was like super last minute. And yeah, then the guy was last minute though. Well, one of my friends Manning got back to me like the next day, and he was like. He was like, because I was Facebook messaging him, and he was like, shit, I, like, you guys would should have come to our tailgate. Like, we were looking for Clemson people, too. I don't check my Facebook messenger. He's like, in the future, uh, text yeah. me, but I didn't have his number. So, whatever. I mean, it, we still got to see that game, but, yeah, we did right. We did uh, throw that tailgate piece together. But, like it's I said. Fine. I mean, by the time we ever got there, I think, what, what did we do? We walked in, walked around, and went right into the stadium, and the game started. So, it's like... And the time that we were even trying to get drinks in the stadium, remember, like, we, we tried to go in early, and yeah. it was so backed up that we got their drinks, and a kickoff just happened, so it's yeah. like, the way we had it, I don't even know if we would have made it in time for any tailgates, but... I still I mean, got drunk, and out. we became friends with all of our neighbors, and weren't we, like, eating their popcorn or something? I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, we were having a, a great time in the stands. The guy in front of us, Oklahoma fan, was going Oh, he was cool. There, wasn't there, like, an asshole somewhere, though? Because I remember sort yeah, of a weird situation. Can you this guy oh, I didn't asshole? care for him. And he, he no, because this dude that we were standing next to in the fucking stadium was like, oh, I'm a I don't care about who wins, but I got free tickets from work and all my coworkers are Alabama fans. So I'm just rooting for Alabama. And I was like, that's the dumbest like reason to root for Alabama. And so at first I was like, whatever, that's stupid. But also you don't care who wins. So like whatever. But then he got drunk and or maybe he wasn't drunk and I was, but he just got like real aggressive about cheering for Alabama as if he didn't just tell me that he was a pretend fan. Yeah, Especially as they were losing. Football. I'm not sure you read, he was you kind of, football was. I didn't like him. Yeah, he wasn't my favorite person. But well, I, and then all I did was when I switched seat was just heckle because we were just kicking Alabama's ass at that point. Like that was at the time where it wasn't it was like tied, I guess, early. Not tied, but very close. And then we took the lead and before halftime we scored again. So pretty much the whole second half I was heckling the guy and then I remember turning around I think in the in like the the beginning or the middle of the fourth and he was gone so I mean all in all we, we pretty much just won that heckled battle yeah we won all the battles that day and I yeah. do have to say we also really uh like missed the memo on where we should have gone after the game to the Clemson bars because remember we went to that like bar and it was yeah, just all know, really it was yeah. sad sad Alabama people it was actually I was actually like yo guys stop killing my vibe man and it I was know. like only Alabama people and us and I was like we I loved it though yeah I loved watching it but it was kind of sad and the food was yucky was a, it was almost we went to the biggest funeral I've ever seen in my life kind of thing. <laughs> Everybody, it was like, uh, I've never, you guys, I've never been to a sadder bar. And then these two Clemson fucks pop in and we're like, yo, what's up? We just won <laughs> a lot. And they're just like, fuck you. The best was when we went to the bar and there was just the one at, like this big guy sit at the bar. I think he was crying. Things. Like, like almost it looked like he was going to cry. Just eat. It, it was just such a sad thing to see. And I was so happy to order my wings. Thanks to him and all happy eating them in front of him. So, I mean, it was really sad, but you're right. It didn't actually make me sad, no, but I would have, I, I mean, know. if that I had to, happy. you know, happy. I know me too, but <laughs> if I had to choose, I would have still like thought it would have been cool to like party with some Clemson people, but whatever. Right. Right. Honestly, but then we got, well, then we went out in the city the next day and we saw, we ran into people like randomly wearing Clemson gear, like all over the place at breakfast in this, in the actual, oh, yeah. in actual San Here's Francisco. That was really fun. And then even at dinner, we just like, like. We saw people all throughout the city of San Francisco the next day, and we were just, like, high-fiving and, like, or nodding yeah. at each other, like, knowingly. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because, I mean, obviously San Francisco is a huge city, and, right. you know, the stadium's not even near there, the Levi Stadium. So that was cool. I thought that the whole experience was cool. What was not cool 
was me having to drive home five hours because when I hit about two and a half hours, I was like, I would like to go to sleep now. (laughs) But I couldn't. But it was fine. It was was a quick trip. And me flying is the same because I'm flying and I had layovers and everything. I'm just like, this is, you know, killing me. Yeah. That whole weekend, like the next day, I think I slept like the whole day just because I don't even know what time zone I was in. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I I think I was awake the whole week, (laughs) you know. Yeah, well, I definitely slept the whole next day, too. Now, I have to say the next weekend after that weekend was not as fun because I actually had one of my friends. He's been on the podcast before, Andy Lazarus. I, I like... I like asked him to have like an Eagles party because he's got like a really cool like setup. He's got like a TV in his back. It's just really like over the top stuff, like a TV in his backyard with like a built in built in grill with like do da da and like heat heat lamps and yeah, kegerator and all that stuff. And but when I went there, it was all I was at Tommy's first and I left because I'm like, oh, shit, because Andy texted me at halftime and was like, yo. Uh, so I, you like asked me to have a party, but you're not here. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot. So, <laughs> so at halftime I left Tommy's, which was all Eagles fans. And I, they were like, kind of like, boo, like, where are you going? And I'm like, sorry, I forgot. I asked somebody to throw a party and they did. And I'm not even there. So that's kind of rude. So I went to Andy's, but everybody's a fucking, uh, uh, what, uh, New or- wait. New Orleans fan or like or not Eagles fan like one guy is like he's my friend but he's also sort of my nemesis I've also had him on the podcast he's got a big um not he's got a big podcast called Dirty Sports and Dirty Slides with Andy and he's a hardcore Giants fan but he like he like has a physical reaction to like Philadelphia fans because he hates See, them. Like, that would be like my nightmare trying to go to a, watch an Eagles game and have all different types of fans. I, I didn't know he was, go- but I didn't know he was gonna be there. Yeah. And Andy was on my team at first because obviously, like he, you know, like he was in, gonna invite our other. Fr- he invited our other friend Mike, who is an Eagles fan, and I'm like, cool, this will be like an Eagles party too. But then yeah. Mike didn't come, and then. The other people there like didn't care and then Joe was there and I didn't know Joe was gonna be there. And like I really like Joe as a person, but like as a sports fan, like fuck him. Like it we're in the same fantasy football league and it's like my joy just to beat him, which I have two years in a row. Um and he was so happy at my pain that I literally had to like when the Eagles lost that game, I had to I hid on the side of the house for so long and I like made a phone call to like my friend well, Greg. Why? Did the Giants did the Giants Make it to the next round. I can't remember what they did. Yeah, but see, Uh, I was no, I was too, I was too bummed to talk to like talk shit. Yeah, I know that game because that game was fucked. That game was like there was some shit wrong with that game. I I think in just general, like we we didn't really even think we're gonna be in the playoffs this year, in my opinion. So like the whole like concept of us making it that far and just losing the way it did, it's it was kind of just bitter. So yeah. it was it was, a, it was like an upsetting thing. It's not more of an anger. I don't think there was anger with that loss with Eagle fans because again, we won the Super Bowl. We we were just we just made it to the second round of the playoffs when we didn't think we were going to make it there with a ton of injuries this year. I so mean, many it, injuries. It was, it was just sad that it happened because we didn't even think we were going to be there. So I mean, for the most part, I don't think it was like such a like I, it didn't kill me like I thought like it would like in like years past from winning the Super Bowl. But yeah, it was very sad. I mean, I was pretty sad because I completely um, sort of got back 
on the train of like what happened last year and like Nick Foles and I'm like, okay, right, we're right. playing like that old team again. And like, we had this like miracle win against Chicago. And, and even when that game first started at the new Orleans game, I mean, we were up by 14, nothing. So, know. so you, you had to have faith. I mean, you had all the faith, like this feels like last year. And I swear to God, I blame myself partially because we were up 14, nothing. And then I left and went to a, an anti-Eagles what I didn't know it was going to be an anti-Eagles party and then we just slowly lost it from there and it wasn't even like we really like lost I mean there were some no, bullshit things was, that happened it was because and I'll say now and it's not an excuse either it was because of injuries we lost our best uh guard when we were running the ball we had five yards of pop for running the ball we were averaging we were doing great and then brandon brooks tours achilles in the middle of the game yeah and ever since that happened we couldn't run the ball anymore protection kind of failed for nick Foles, and we kind of were like getting pushed back so it went from nick Foles looking like he was going to run away with this game and do a shootout to like he forgot how to play football again yeah and, and like that's something about him and everybody was always like oh Let's, I, you know, we don't want to get rid of Foles, Foles this, Foles that, but I understand the the concept that he won us a Super Bowl and everything, but like that game just showed to me that I I want Carson Wentz back. I need Carson Wentz back and him to stay healthy throughout the whole year. So yeah, that's a a question a lot of people like have asked me because they know I'm you know such a big Eagles fan and we talk about it a lot on the podcast. Um, that you know, would you rather take Foles or or Wentz just purely based on the uh like the statistics and what's happened over the last two years and my answer is still Wentz and people are I'm I'm surprised that people are surprised by that but maybe it's it's just because he didn't play that well this year you know I don't know it's you know what are you gonna do for me lately kind of feel for a lot of people but you got to understand too we're not going to the super we're not going to the playoffs as a number one seed home field advantage throughout the playoffs without what Carson did last year I know he almost he would have if he stayed healthy he would have won MVP people are forgetting that point I understand Nick Foles carried us the other way but it's a full team aspect Nick Foles is just the offense the defense and the same thing happened this year as you know Carson Wentz went down and our defense actually started finally picking up we winning games I think that's been the more aspect of the whole like kind of controversy is the way the rest of the team has been playing with these two quarterbacks that actually like Nick Foles versus Carson Wentz. I mean, it sounds, it seems to me like the, it felt, it felt to me like the defense really stepped up when Nick Foles got, came in because maybe there's some sort of a mentality or a, even a subconscious on a subconscious right. level. They rely too much on Carson Wentz playmaking abilities that they, yeah. they didn't step it up and they, they knew and they had to step it up. Yeah, exactly. And I think the whole thing, the concept with Carson Wentz, I think it's a coaching aspect too, is the play calling. I mean, you got to definitely Foles came in, they were dip, uh, dip and dunk passes. He was throwing 10 yard passes, five yard passes, but they were also running the ball. When Carson's in, they're, they're, they want him to create plays, him to throw 20 yards downfield almost every single play because he's capable of doing that. Now, the problem is we get away from the run so much when he does that is because he's doing, oh, my God, look at that pass, look at that pass, when they're forgetting to run the ball again, you know? So, like, I think it's more of a coaching aspect down with Carson to, like, actually kind of coach him how they did Nick Foles and see how he plays. Yeah, no, that and, and I think Doug Peterson even was kind of vocal about that, like, after yeah, all, he's admitted that. Yeah, that he like he put he plugged Nick into more of the program versus yeah. 
<laughs> just like the defense. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Play, uh, relying on Carson and then getting the whole. And then when Carson doesn't make those plays or he gets off all off balance because there, there was so much pressure on him coming back, um, you know, and all, it, it just wasn't like the same magic from the season before. But that doesn't mean that Carson can't create that again, but they have to put him more into the system. Yeah, and it also we've we've played a Super Bowl schedule this year. I mean, most of the, the people that we played this year were, besides our division, were in the playoffs. I mean, they they we played a tough team every single week, and his numbers actually weren't bad, Carson. The problem wasn't everybody's forgetting is our defense suffered very bad yeah. injuries. Rod, Rodney McLeod going down. Nobody's talking about that. That was one of the biggest losses this year. Our, our over-the-top safety. I mean, that he, he he was the back of our whole defense. And him being out, we had no backup for him. We were giving up all these points. If you look at the stat line, look how many points we gave up and how bad our defense was. I mean, Carson kept us in a lot of the games, too. Now, the, we started actually getting better at defense near the end of the year, and then Lo and behold, Nick Foles comes in, so he gets a lot of the credit for it. But then look at the stat line again. I mean, we lit up what you know against um, like one of the the Super Bowl like uh, Rams. We, yeah, we played them and we we beat them. But the defense were getting picks, they were getting turnovers, and they didn't allow them to score that many points. Now the opposite end is when when Carson played New, or- New Orleans. Uh, we let up what forty some odd points. Yeah. You know what I mean, so there's like a difference. There's a difference the way our defense played, and I, I don't ever give it to the quarterback. No, I mean, yeah, the defense definitely changed when Nick Foles came in, and I do think a part of it was, I mean, a part of the their their ability to play better or their them playing better. What am I trying to say? When Nick Foles came in, I think part of it was because they were playing with their heart because we were definitely pulling people from the practice squad. I mean, it was like getting exactly. bad at one point. So they were playing with their heart, but they also had like a minute to like play with each other at that point. It wasn't like, it wasn't like we didn't know that we had lost all of our people when Nick Foles came in, it was already happening. So they were already improving, you know what I mean? In practice and stuff. We had a guy starting, um, we had a guy starting that literally was pumping gas the week before. I know. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we had a guy that, and then we had another guy, LeBlanc, who hasn't played one step. That was our cornerbacks. Our safety was a guy who wanted to retire this year, and he just came back to play because we needed an opening. I mean, our whole secondary was just backups off the street guys, and, you know, you can't you can't do that, especially I'm, that was the, the Sean Watson game. He threw four, four touchdowns against us because we had nobody back there. Like, I know. The guy, literally, I was at that game. I'm watching this guy, Sullivan. He's not on the team anymore, thank God, but we don't need him anymore. Um, literally, one move, the guy was already like on the sideline, and he was still in the play. Like He literally got turned around so bad, he was on the sideline, and the guy was wide open. So yeah. it's like, it, you know, you can't do anything with that. You can't expect you know teams to win when your 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 team has no defense. You know, I have to you have to also consider too like a lot of guys that wouldn't normally get their shot did get their shot and some people really stood out and they really like they right. you know what I mean? And so that was another good thing too was like we we got some diamonds in the rough there that wouldn't happen if we didn't have so many injuries. Exactly. So but also you got to hand it to Jim Schwartz and I know if there was ever question marks like even last year about like his defensive coaching ability like there shouldn't be now because he he really, he really he fucking pieced it together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I stepped up. He had nothing back there. Nothing. Like, literally, Malcolm Jenkins. That's it. The only player. Thank God and for Malcolm Jenkins even, too. I know, and he's not even a cover. He's not the greatest cover guy in the world. So you got to understand, he's like a almost like a linebacker. So our whole secondary is just backups. Like Brazil Douglas was our top corner. I know, and he wasn't even 
deemed near the starter this year. And, you know, he played his, he played great. So you know, he's one great. of the ones I'm talking about, for yeah, sure. LeBlanc, yeah, LeBlanc, LeBlanc, LeBlanc I yep. He was a, I thought he was a French guy, but apparently he was a quick, like, <laughs> you know, our nickel quarterback. So, like, that's what I'm saying. We, don't, we lost so many people in that secondary that I can't even believe we made it that far with, you know, who we had. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, our, we had a really, really weird season because also because of the injuries and everything. But we started off – I think well doing well um and you know we also forget too that I don't I hate to be this person I really do but there were two games early on in the beginning of the season that we got fucked by ref calls and we should have won yeah. and it was ref calls and here's the thing ref calls in general are like it's making me and I I know I'm not the only person really fucking annoyed about the state of football because if this year they they dictated the outcome of games way too much, and they dictated two of our, the outcome of our games, and it's super unfair, like with bad calls. Right. Um, no, and I agree. We, and same I, thing with it, New it, Orleans. Was, you could you can make exactly. that same that same argument. New Orleans should have been in the Super Bowl. You know. I know it kind of killed the Super Bowl this year. There was plays Super in the, Bowl uh, sucked. the New England game, the New England uh, Kansas City game that you know missed calls. So it's just it's. The one in the New Orleans game was probably the worst call I've ever seen. Like, no call. I mean, I've ever seen. I know. Sean Payton, I mean, I felt bad for him. And I also kind of felt bad for Drew Brees because he's such a great – what? I didn't feel bad for New Orleans. I felt <laughs> bad. I really didn't feel bad for New Orleans. Just the way they acted towards us, of uh, beating us and like trying to rub it in our face and stuff like that. It's just well, like, all right, dude, come on now. So like for that to happen is kind of karma in our aspect, and that's the way I felt about it. So I like really don't care it happened. Now if that happened to us, obviously I'd have the same reaction. I don't blame her for the reaction, but I'm again still not upset it happened. Well, that. I mean, whatever. I'm just looking. But I mean, I don't. I'm not emotionally <laughs> tied to it at this point in February, I guess. But I don't know. Drew Brees is a good quarterback, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, he blah. Is, he but, is. He's a great quarterback. But you know what? I mean, we played we played well in that New Orleans game, and I felt like we held our own because it, it was nerve-wracking going into playoff game number two, just the way that we got blown out the first time around. Like, it was like, oh, shit, I hope that doesn't happen again because obviously we were not favored in that game, you know? Right. So, I mean, the fact that we, you know, we were up for most of the game and, you know, you know, we still lost, but I still felt like it was like a respectable loss, even though it didn't feel good. I did. So I, I, I hid on the side of Andy's house for so long that when I, I, I was getting texts from people at the party and Andy, like, I'm so sorry that like how that game ended up like, did you leave? Cause I was gone for like a half an hour and I was like, I just need to like pull it together because I'm not going to like fucking let this Giants fan have it. So I was like, no, I was just, you know, on the side of your house, like water and plants. I don't know. I was just, they were like, what? (laughs) I was like, I was just like crying a little. I know. Uh, And it was that like, I like the reaction after I was definitely sad, but then I kind of reflected on the whole thing after a year. I'm like, I'm just happy that we won the Super Bowl and, you know, and we're not, you know, reigning champs anymore. So like, you know, it's more of respect thing. I was, I obviously want to repeat, but again, the loss to me, as long as we lost in the playoffs, you know, we almost made it there again. So I'm not, I'm not too upset. Yeah, about no, it. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy with, you know, in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, now that we're not like in it anymore, I, and we're like reflecting back on it, I'm really happy about how it, the season ended. And I think it was like best case scenario in terms of, I mean, not best case, best case is always winning the Super Bowl. Better case scenario is not a term, but we'll use that for the Eagles season. Better case scenario. Um, yeah. It wasn't worst case scenario. That's for sure. You know, yeah, and, I, and the, the, the player's reaction at the end of the game is how you like, like, 
would kind of think would happen. I mean, Alshon pretty much blamed himself for dropping that ball. To that turned into an interception. So like just seeing that, it's just like the heart that players have to yeah. towards the team and wanting to win. You know, it's it's good to see for future again, like players like um, Jeffrey, who's going to be with us for a little bit. You know, yeah. So it, it's good to see. It's tough to see Alshon Jeffrey take that on his back too, especially when he was so significant in the Chicago game. I know. You know? And it's significant in just in general of our success. I mean, he helped us win the Super Bowl. Some of those catches he had against, you know, he had last year against the Patriots were just unbelievable. That touchdown catch, if that never happened, we never won the Super Bowl. I know. So, like, he, he, you can't, he can't blame because he just dropped the pass. I mean, it does happen. I mean, we yeah. He's I, not a machine out there. I mean, he can't catch everything. He has great hands, but again, everybody drops one or two here Nobody, and, and nobody, and Philly fans are, can be very cruel sometimes, and right. I, and nobody is blaming him for that, yeah, you know? Well, that's the thing. That, it shows because we're cruel in a different way. I think it's more when people kind of more deserve it. Now, we might take it over <laughs> the top a little bit sometimes, but like, for like stuff like that, and like, yes, it happened, we're sad about it, but again, you know, you are so passionate about it that you we can't be mad at it. You know, it's no, that I know. aspect that it, it's like, oh, you know, think if he was like, oh, things happen. You know, I dropped it. Then there would probably get a lot of backlash. Like he was straight emotional about it after the game. Like he was crying. Like he said it was his fault. It's like it's not. You know, I, we, but we love the passion that you have towards it because that's what we look for here. Yeah, I know for sure. And like, I mean, they're all the reasons that we were happy to get Alshon Jeffrey in the first place. I think yeah. like, we've seen we've seen that pay off in the last two seasons for sure. And like oh, it yeah. took him a minute, like last season, but then he started to get in the groove and it's like all those like that wide receiver that we've needed for so long with those hands yeah. like he's he's that guy and I was yeah, hoping Golden Tate him and Ertz, it's, it's, yeah it's like a bright future with them, him Ertz and Goddard no and Go- I was just gonna say and Goddard like Ertz yeah. Ertz was even like Ertz still had a fantastic bang up season but he also like he also blocked more too because yeah. Goddard is also fucking awesome and we're we've been doing well with the the tight end system for the last like couple years and I and I like Goddard as an addition I was just gonna say now is Golden Tate gonna be with us next year did he sign a one-year contract Uh, or a two-year contract it was a one-year well he had when we traded for him he only had one year on his contract so yeah his contract's up so he's he's in free agency but there's a lot of talks that he wants to come back and I I don't mind it I would love him to come back I want him to come back and have a full year with Carson them too yeah because he is like you know, he's a different style wide receiver, but he is a, you know, he, he gets a lot of targets. He, he, he catches a lot of balls. He's like a running back after he gets the ball. So it's like, it's a, it's a weapon we I want to have on the team. Now, the problem is, is how much he wants because we have to eventually sign Carson to a mega contract. Yeah. So that's probably going to dictate what's going to happen with him. And I'm hoping that he maybe takes maybe another one year or a couple years, but like, you know, not try to get that contract that they're trying to say. So it's all about money at this point, but I, I would love him to come back in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, and I think I, yeah. And I'm like, I'm kind of like, I'm on the same boat as you and I'm in the same opinion as you. I think that you could go either way because he didn't, have as much success with us but to be fair like what we, in the time that he was here but to be fair it was mid-season he's learning a whole new system then he's learning like then it's like he's switching quarterbacks and like yeah, exactly yeah it's tough. so yeah. I would like to make that determination you're right I do think that he should he should just like have faith in in the right. program and the, in the program that the Eagles have to like agree to a one-year contract because with one year he can prove himself and then he can get that big contract after exactly. one year potentially I mean he's been in the league for a while too though but I mean he's exactly. he's still got a lot of years left I think 
He's he at least has like a three or four. Like I think he's in his prime right now. I think he has a couple years after that. So like a two or three year contract would be ideal. Um, not sure if he'll get that with us. Um, what I'm seeing, and it sounds like he'll probably get a if if he's going to stay with us another prove it contract. But we'll see. I don't know. It, it's up to him. It it, it matters because. It's what he wants to do. Does he want to win? Yeah, I think know, he's. I think he's. He's going to have options. He or could go. Does he want to get paid because usually the teams that are going to pay him are teams that are really in the the mix of winning a Super Bowl right now to sign him to a long term contract. Well, and if he doesn't, and if he makes the decision not to stay with the Eagles, then we know he wasn't the right player anyway. You know. Yeah, exactly. Because That's I think they're going to attract some more talent. A, you know. Yeah, I think he has the mentality of, of the Philly kind of aspect. The way he talks, the way he acts, is very Philly. You know, he, he's rough and rugged, but he, he, he plays with passion. So that's the style, and I think that's why he would want to stay here. But, again, it's up to money. It's not under his, like, you know, it's not in his hands. It's the agent's hands. Yeah. Point. Well, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Dana, what do you think about the Nick Foles situation? What do you think is going to happen uh, with that? I I think oh, it's tough because there's, like, restrictions if they, if they franchise tag him. And I think they will. Um and try to trade him. That's at least what the report is. But again, it's sticky because I don't know what you can really get for him. And I don't know. They're trying to say his value is only like a third round pick. So I don't know if we could, if we could trade him for a pick and then a, a player that we can plug in and start right now, like maybe a running back or like a, you know, a lineman defensive, defensive, like, I don't know, defensive lineman as well. I would do it, but if we're only getting a pick out of it, I don't know if it's even worth it to keep him because that's a, that's a huge cap hit. And we need the money to sign players for this upcoming year. So, like, it, it's tough. It's like, I don't know how much value he's actually going to get. Now, do you think, yeah, it's it's kind of almost like if you just cared about money, uh, Nick Foles got, got, do you think maybe he got a little fucked because, uh, I mean, completely out of his hands, but like if he went, he if he was able to go somewhere this season after he won the Super Bowl as a backup, he would have got picked up and he got would have got like a monster contract potentially. But now it's like now that it's like after that second season of him doing pretty well as the backup and still like proving himself as a good quarterback, he might not he the, his value has gone down. It matters what, how many teams are actually bidding for him. So the the report I have is it's really only the two Miami team or yeah. No, Florida teams going after him. It's, it's Miami or Jacksonville. And Jacksonville is technically where everybody thinks he's actually going to go. So if it's only a two-team race, I don't know how much value he is. Because if it, if it was, say, like a six or seven-team bidding war against him, then he would get a ton of value. But, if you know, it's, it's not as many teams as I thought that would actually go for him, um, especially in the open market. And Jacksonville has been pretty much – the one team that's been coming up the most so far. So do you think that there's a chance that he could end at the end of the day, end up just being valuable enough to keep as our backup because he's I not, think th- I think there's no chance of him. So I think the open market or the market in general is what they're going to dictate because I don't think there's any chance he'll be on this team next year. Yeah. We just, can't, we you just can't, you can't afford both. Of I know. Even though they're not going to pay him, but again, it, it doesn't work. I mean, his, his value is to leave now, and and to sign him to a t- um uh, like a that again, the franchise tag you're paying him, what twenty million or more, 
to keep him. So that that just again hurts your team. So you got to make a decision if it's going to be worth it to, to to tag him and trade him or just let him walk. Which we might still get a pick if he walks because something with his contract. But again, it's not guaranteed. Yeah, I mean to to pay him that much as a backup. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense, obviously. But right. from a from a number standpoint, it. But it has. I I do have to say it has been nice having that that um you know that safety valve or whatever you want to oh, say right. the last it's, few years. It, it's like we're, we we've been spoiled in history probably. We've been team. really spoiled, so it's going to be weird. And also, you know, it's kind of scary because Carson has to stay healthy, and that's that's scary. I know. I it, it's it's a gamble either way because what if you like see like people trying to say we well, need to keep Foles, we need to keep Foles, but again, everybody knows you have to only you only you have to get rid of one of them. So what are you going to get rid of uh, Carson, who's twenty six? I know Foles is only twenty nine. That's three seasons of football right there that you're giving away. Yeah. That's, that's a lot, and people don't view it that way. They're, oh, he's 29, he's 26. But again, you get rid of Carson, and he turns into, you know, he he, he plays what everybody th- expects him to play. You just give away MVP caliber, caliber quarterback for a guy who might not be consistent enough to play the position. So that yeah. would be, like, the biggest loss in you know, the history of, our, like, you know, you can't do that. It's it, I The know. safe way to do it is you keep the guy you drafted at number one. Well, and Carson, it, I, f- I feel like just, like, on paper he's like the higher risk higher reward quarterback that'd be a good way to describe him yeah but if you're not in it to 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 win it that way then you're not winning anything because that's what you need to do you need to take the the best player available that you have you have to choose the best player and you can't predict injuries like Nick Nick Foles can go play next week or uh, next year and you know tears ACL yeah I mean it's it's a contact sport you know I, I understand that Maybe Carson has a higher risk because of the way he plays, but again, you can't view it that way because he has successful seasons that he hasn't gotten hurt. Yeah. But you know, everybody gets hurt. Like, look at Aaron Rodgers; he was hurt all this year. Yeah. It's just it happens. It just matters how significant the injury is, and if he can play through it, um, maybe he does. You know, stop running the ball a little bit more, be like more kind of like sliding with it. I've said it too. He needs to slide a little bit more to be smarter. But he knows this too. He's not stupid. He's like he's not going to just go out there and be like I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, he has to right. take precaution of what he's doing because he knows the future too. So I think it's a benefit either way. Yeah, I mean, no, that's well put. I I agree with you. Do you know? Do you think Ajahi is he going to be back? With us? No, I doubt it. I, we're we're going to need a running back. Yeah. Either they draft one or pick one up. There's a, there's a decent amount. I mean, running back is a dime a dozen. I'm sorry, and everybody that thinks that's not true, it is. Um, you know, if you're not getting like the Todd Gurley, which he even struggled. Look at him; he didn't do anything. Like the Elliots of the world. Then, well, Gurley know, actually did. Gurley did have a pretty good season. He had a great season, but again, he didn't do anything in the playoffs. No, I'm just, I'm not, but I'm saying like to me. It's great to have a good running back, but you don't need the best running back and pay them a ton of money. So I'm looking at like guys like that are free agents. Like I really want a cream hunt. I know what happens to him is you know whatever, but he was, yeah, you know, but whatever. Well, I mean, he doesn't even play football. Yeah, well, he wasn't even playing football for a minute either. You know, I know. so but, but I'm saying I don't really want that guy on our team. I mean, nah, from I moral mean, standpoint, nah, I know you what you're saying though. Guy. Yeah, you could draft the guy and put him in right away. And, you know, it's not like a certain position that you need to like kind of groom. Well, him even play. look at get, Kansas like, City's running back. You put him in. Look at Kansas City's backups. I mean, they they still did they pretty fucking. I know they they still did pretty fucking well because like Daniel I got Williams is like 
Damian Williams was nothing on Miami. He was okay, but he was sharing time, and they got rid of him like nothing. And he turns out in Kansas City as being a, a stud running back. And, and who now, was before him? Where? Where was the and dude? Where is a good backup. You yeah. Where was a great when he had the ball? Like, you know, he got injured, and then obviously Damian Williams took over. But again, they that's what I'm saying. Like, if you can just get those, you know, solid running backs, you know, it works. I don't think this year we had them. Like, I don't we think didn't have that good. You didn't, not that good. No. Um, and and know, Clement's not that good. Well, Clement got hurt. Yeah. I think Clement's good for the future, but I think Clement's been playing with injuries. I mean, all this Sproles, year. Sproles was surprisingly. Just, yeah. He's yeah. just getting older. I, I mean, know. He's showing his age now. He's not that little sprite guy anymore. I mean, but he still, still, play, he but still played for yeah. all things considered. You know, I was happy to see that because I he, he was pretty devastated. He was devastated, and we were all devastated about his injury the year before. And there was question marks if he would even come back, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you, I was happy to see him. You can find these guys, though. You can find these guys in the tra- draft. I mean, Sproles. I'm happy he's back, but again, I, he might retire. Yeah, I mean he's kind of he's, he's getting up yeah. there, but I'm just happy that he he got he had another like decent solid season with the I Eagles agree. after that injury. That made me happy. And then um, what was that dude's name? The new guy. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. The guy that was our became our like main running back towards yeah, the end. What's his name? Playoffs. I forget. Um, Adams. Adams. Yeah. Yeah, Adams. Adams, he has the capability of playing, but you can see why he doesn't play. Yeah, uh, he he like has the physicality, but again, he fumbles and he was inconsistent. You can see that after he got hit a couple times in the NFL, he kind of started backing off, not running as hard anymore. Yeah, and he can't do that. So I'm not. I don't. I mean, if he bounces back and looks like he's decent. I don't know. I don't really like him as much as I thought I did. Yeah, but, well, I mean, neither do the Eagles because he didn't even play in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, he didn't even play, and he played Smallwood, who's okay. I mean, he's he's a third running back though. He's a he's third okay, and yeah, and he's yeah, okay. He's okay. Um, but he played the best out of the team. That's saying a lot that we need a running back. I mean, Clement is a good another. I think Clement as the second guy, and um, you know, Smallwood as a third guy. Maybe throw Sproles in there if he's going to stay. But you need that lead back. We need a lead back. We don't have one. Yeah. Well, it does remain to be seen what happens in the off season, And that's certainly something that we can talk about now that football is over. Because yep. we uh, that's all we really have. We have that. Yep. And we've got... We've got base. We've got well. No, we've got the Sixers. What am I saying? Um, yeah, I mean, they were in hockey too. They won yeah. thirteen yeah. out of the last fifteen games. They're actually coming back after looking like they were terrible. I mean, the Flyers have had like an okay season, like the last couple years. I mean, we made it to the I playoffs know, and stuff. Do the same thing. Yeah, but I know, and and the Sixers are on fire, and they're yeah. super fun to watch. And then um, even the Phillies. You know, ha- which has been our like lagging of the four, I would say, over the last couple years. There's they some might make the playoffs this year. Yeah, there's opinion. some there's some um, upside there for sure. I think they've got a lot of like the right elements in place that they didn't before. And then I'm just curious uh, as we sort of uh, wrap up here, what you think about like the whole Bryce Harper thing? Uh, you know, Bryce Harper. The whole it's actually kind of annoying. Um, it's a lot of nothing. Like the stories, <laughs> yeah. like oh, he's 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 gonna sign or he's gonna, you know, it, it, they're speculating he's gonna sign. He, you know, Philly's the favorite. I'm like, that's not a story. Just tell me if he's gonna sign or not because this is happening for like three months now or four months or even since the season pretty much was over that he might come to Philly. But nobody, he, there's nothing that's showing that he's signing with anybody right now. So then it's just annoying because literally the story every day is oh, it's leading towards Philly or the Giants offered him a contract. I'm like, dude, just tell me who he signed. Yeah, it's. it's 
kind of like Le- it's kind of like LeBron is going to the Sixers, even though I'm not sure that he ever really was, you know. No, and he wasn't. and it, there was just a lot of hype around it. And no, I did read somebody sent me a funny article, but it was it was the Onion. I didn't know it at first though, but it was like Bryce Harper said that he would sign with the Phillies indefinitely if they moved their baseball team to another city. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. yeah, so that I thought that was kind of funny, but. Exactly. Yeah, that's about it's as. All jo- it's all jokes and speculation, and speculation is not a story to me. Yeah, it's but it would be co- It would be cool. It would be cool to get Bryce Harper, though. I mean, let's be honest. But oh, right, I, I don't. I wouldn't mind it. I don't really love him that much, but like, I if he's on our team, we could actually make a run. Like, I think because our lineup, we I mean, we just got we got real Muto, we got the shortstop, yeah, you know, McCutcheon in the, in the center field. We already had like Hoskins, yeah. and a good pitcher. Like, we have. A good team, solid team this year. Uh, I think we're a playoff team, but if he comes, I actually think he can make it like a little bit of a run. We'll see. I think so too. I think he would be a great addition. I don't really see any downside, you know. No, no. I mean, the, his attitude uh, could. I, the only thing is, I don't know how his attitude would be with Philly in general because he's kind of like a snobbish kind of guy sometimes. And we don't take kinds of snobbish people here, I don't think. Yeah, but then there's. Yeah, you're right. I think that you have to go into it and you have to like conform. And I think we've seen that like in football with like some like, you know, hot shots over the years that have joined the team and they've they've conformed to the Philly way because you can't come in here like, you know, being like a Terrell Owens or I'm trying to think of another example, but that's the best one I can think of right now. But you know what I mean? Like because you'll you'll get completely shit on and then, you know, also that's just not a good way to be in general because I feel like those those players never amount to much in the end potentially because they they let their ego get in the way. way. Yeah. It usually works out that way. So we'll see what happens. But anyways, right. this was a good, okay, well, I'm glad we got together for a recap I on inter. I know, I know. Sorry, uh, everyone that it's taken us so damn long. I'm telling you, it's oh, been guys. one, it's been one thing after another. And then I was on the road a lot and then I had like technical difficulties and, you know, my whole sob story here. But we are becoming more consistent. We're back at it now that the fucking football season's over. But I thought this was a good recap and we'll keep in touch like we did last year in the offseason in between other interviews. And then I've got some other interviews coming down the pike. I've got a pro snowboarder who's going to be an interview in the next couple weeks. I've got a pro surfer who, guess what, Tyler? He's he's nine. He's nine years old. I swear to God, he's he's um, sponsored by Billabong. He's yeah, he's um, his name is Cruz uh, and his what's up? That's a sick name. He's 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 like the coolest kid I've ever met. He's Tommy. He's Tommy's nephew. Awesome. I met awesome. him. I met him at the Super Bowl, and I didn't know he was a pro surfer. He's from Jersey, and they live in Atlantic City. Really? And yeah, wow. and he and he comes out every year because Tommy's sister lives in San Clemente, which is like a wow. you know obviously like huge surf uh, area. That's where all like the greats are. A lot of the greats are from, or or they go to surf. And so he goes and he trains for half the year in San Clemente. So he's here right now. So when he awesome. comes, yeah. So when he comes back from San Clemente to Santa Monica, like in March, I'm I'm gonna have him on. And he's so personable too. So I, he'll be my first kid. He's oh, he's. That's awesome. I know, I know. He's gonna. He's like the coolest kid in the world. So I'm excited to have him too. And then obviously, uh, we will come back together for a periodic Philly Bro Talk once um, more things are underway with our uh, with our Sixers and our Phillies and our Flyers and our off season moves with Foles and uh, and you know everybody else on the Eagles. So. Anyway, I look forward to it. All right. Well, me too, sir. Me too. So 
Go back to drilling that table and thank you guys. I'll drill that table. Yeah, drill that table and stay away from dairy. And um, I, will. I, will. I love you. I love you too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>